1: It's it's Swindon
2: Town. So here we are, New Year's Eve at time of recording. It's just gone, 8pm. So what does that say to you? Parties? Time with your family? No, 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 no. It's time to podcast. Hello, not Joe Acklem, A slight difference. What's going on? I, I see this is what happens when you order a Domino's, isn't it? You sort of, you've got to check the box. Now I ordered a Joe and I've got a JR. Is it too late to
1: replace? No, not at all. Have you given, have you given the uh, festive Domino's thing a go? I know you, you'd no. like to keep it safe, but it's got, got turkey and sage and I'm surprisingly... All right, it's okay. I, I can't believe you've announced to the Swindon town
2: community my <laughs> reluctance to go bold on pizza toppings.
1: I said you just prefer to play it safe. I didn't throw you, under, you threw yourself under the bus there. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm a pepperoni
2: guy, and before that, I was. The blandest possible, which was chicken and sweet corn, which I was for a couple of years in my in my late teens, early twenties, uh, which I look back now and think, what what a waste. But I, I'm very much a pepperoni person on pizza.
1: Don't mind chicken sweet corn. I don't mind pepperoni. It's good to play the classics, and maybe that's something that Clem will be thinking about in this uh, in this new year. Wow. Look at that. That was really good. Yeah. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you, JR. Happy New Year to to yourself. I mean, I don't think I've seen in a new year for about 10 years. I think I don't even make nanny these days, and I don't know. Maybe if we finish recording in time, we might both be able to make it to Tree for the final night in Old Town. You up for that? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. it uh, I was going to say I'm not sure it's our scene anymore, but I don't know no. if it was ever our scene. No, no, maybe not. Uh, what I've got you,
2: uh, I've got to change my notes completely because I've prepped for Joe ackland, but now we've got a JR. I'm going to have to uh, kudos to the GWR FM playlist, a little insight into the world of Rich and JR. We have curated the most awful but excellent Nostalgic fueled Spotify playlist of GWR FM anthems. It's been played quite a bit today. First time. I mean, this playlist is what a year and a half year old. First time it's been played in the house by other
1: people. We're we're, we're moving on up. It's an ideal ideal solution for those uh, you know those concerns about what to what to play. I mean, the sheer scale of this thing. They are they are pure. GWRFM era anthems and what's the hour count at the moment? It is at a cool 39 hours and 17 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So you couldn't even listen to it in a whole party. That's how good it is. It would take you over a day to listen to Non stop, which I'm very, that's an achievement for 2023, 2022, and beyond. Yeah. The algorithm today has been far kinder because there's a lot of
2: skipable tracks on the DWI FM playlist, but very good, very good algorithm for New Year's Eve, so I'm elated because I didn't get bemoaned. Um, it really is the perfect solution to the stress and the strain. It definitely
1: is, and if you think there's things that we've forgotten, that you, your Michelle Gales and things like that, or Sun Chime or things, that they're all there. They are all there. Right, we're not here to talk about GWR,
2: FM or pizza toppings, we're here to talk about Swindon Town Football Club. What a year it's been. Not a great one. Bookended by two games that were enjoyable for different reasons. The course against Grimsby, where Charlie Austin returned to change everything. Um, it didn't quite go to plan, but we've enjoyed his return nonetheless. And then, of course, <laughs> the chaos of the Forest Green Rovers game. JL, what's your highlights
1: of 2024 all the big moments anyway highlights it's hard to think of highlights because <laughs> of course I'm immediately thinking of last January and of course it's coming up to a year we'll come up to it a bit later um a year of Scott Lindsay at Crawley which means it's it's you know it's over a year of um not having him around and how long it took to appoint the replacement we got Jody Morrison and he seemed to actually take his seat. After the January transfer window, when we'd ghosted out uh, Lou Reed, we ghosted out, ghosted out uh, Angus McDonald and Ben Gladwin, although he's been a matchday guest recently, so eyebrows raised for that one. And the 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 Morris tenure and the Austin return did not uh, not live up to the the billing. And then we hit the reset button in the close season, and we're still we're still waiting for it to to release because we're. Uh, on the scraps but there's been there's been highlights along that the start to this season was uh, was very enjoyable and magical you had the reverse of this fixture at home the crawley game with the 6-0 you had the chaotic trip to Icairas, uh a while back with the 5-5 and yes kind of stuttered a bit with a few amusing highlights the Accrington game coming up towards christmas and at least top it off with a With a cagey win, it's okay, isn't it? And then a whole bunch of stuff behind the
2: scenes as well. I did put this question to uh, the listenership. Uh, What were your top three definitive moments of 2023? Here's some. We start with Mr. Braindown. that says, crikey. Can't think of many good things. The first nine games of the season were great, although all portents were obviously there. Uh, One. Dan Kemp, enough said. Two, losing Louis Reed was calamitous. And three, losing Trust STFC was seismic. Uh, Tommy B says, The good, my eldest first match, the twinkle in his eye will stay with me forever, which is wonderfully wholesome. But Tommy goes on to say that the bad was just about everything this year, to be honest. Uh, Harold Flem says, One, beating Womble's. Away 5 1 the same afternoon, the London Reds paid tribute to the much missed Sutton Red. Two, managing to hit cash out on my 4-1 <laughs> Swindon bet. A nanosecond before the fifth went in, same game. And three, pre- and post-match pub, same game. Rest's been awful. Uh, Paddy says, top three official definitive moments of 2023. One, the last home game program notes of 22 promising. We've listened and we'll learn uh, next season. Two, finding out everybody had shares in STFC. And three, discovering season ticket holders are a bunch of freeloaders Uh, neil dixon says grimsby january last minute winner versus mansfield and lewis wards penalty december Uh, the most the rest mostly an absolute spit show and finally chris van roon with three lovely ones one taking dad to hospitality and him seeing a 5-3 win versus sutton family moments are always special aren't they just two finally seeing town score six in a game versus Crawley, and three the five 0 win against Grimsby under Mildy and in Gunning was very fun too. Honorable mention to the away day at Orient in March.
1: It's been a mixed bag, hasn't it? Definitely been a mixed bag. I mean, we had a we had a grim day out at Newport, but very much enjoyed having the wings afterwards. So it's it's felt like that. The thing about when you're judging the calendar year and you're going you know January to December. It is important to to note, and let's 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 make that claim here that there is still a chance, and I do feel a bit like Lloyd Christmas saying that, you know, to to Mary with that slightly pathetic smile. But there is still a chance to make good and make the make the bad go away, and just a few shrewd moves over the next uh, couple of weeks could do that. Now, JR, I planned for Joe Acklam,
2: and it's New Year. So, you know, I like a quiz. I put Connor through it <laughs> and it's it's time to get involved in 2023. Eight times we scored four goals or more. Can you name them?
1: Uh, Wrexham away.
2: Correct. 5-5 five, five draw. Uh, Crawley at home. Correct. 6-0 win. Sutton at home certain. 5-3. There's another one from the listeners' Fancy. contributions. There's two from the listeners' contributions.
1: Uh, oh. Harold Flem mm. cashing out. Oh, yes. It was uh, the Wumbles Wimbledon 5-1 yes. yes. win, yeah. Went better than the one this way around. Um, mm, the one I went to. I'm to remember this Orient game. That wasn't a bit of 5, would it? No, it that was a nice five. day that out. Was, I think 1-1, one, one, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it it's a lovely day.
2: We saw Chris Van Bruin. I saw Chris Van Bruen that day as well. One of them was the first game of the season, of
1: the year, I should say. Oh, the Grimsby game, of course. Um, there was the Gunning Mildenhall. That was one, wasn't it? Which one of theirs was it? Charlie Austin scored all the goals. Oh, oh God. That was the um, Hartlepool game. Not Hartlepool. Rochdale. <laughs> Someone in blue that we don't. Uh, down in that horrible National League now. The
2: other one, we were comfortably ahead, and then it all went crazy and impacted our following three weeks.
1: Um, did you say four or more or five or more? This is four or more.
2: Oh, the uh, Accrington. Yeah, and away. the last one is the one that we've got away with, but we scored
1: four goals, and that's why we got away with it. We did not win. Oh, gosh. FA Cup. Well, we only had, to... <laughs> we had the one. It was, of course, the... Uh... Ah, we talk about lowlights. The older shot game, of course. That's right? That's
2: right. I mean, the fact that you could remember the game where we were seven nil down against non-league opposition kind of encapsulates what year we've had.
1: I mean, I got—I can tell you, listeners, now I got uh, run over at nine years old, and I can't remember that. So it's definitely been shelved in the same in the same aspect of that. Especially, you know, hearing about older shots at kids' football and at work the following week. It's in the trauma book, I'm afraid. Mm, well, we're not finishing just yet there. We talked
2: about the 4-4 at Rochdale. We talked about the Rex and 5-5. And we talked about the older shot, 7-4. There were four other games where we conceded four or more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a year. One of them I went to. Oh,
1: the Wimbledon game? Yeah. One of them I think you went yeah. to. Did you Did you go? Conceding for conceding four football league trophy, more than four. Oh God! That's another thing. I've actually been there in person. Reading, of course, and and the other ones were against
2: teams that are looking to go up this year, and they were both four two losses. Uh, you say Gillingham? Nope, we didn't Gillingham Mansfield? Yeah, Mansfield's one, and the other one are better than Mansfield. Uh, Stockport. Yeah, there you go. That wasn't too bad, was it? There that's you. one of my better quiz. I had a little help, but that's one of my better quizzes. Uh, that's that's alright. You weren't expecting that, either, oh, because yeah. you've just turned up. Okay, well, let's talk about this press conference. So we're not going to do it like we usually do where Joe was obviously at the press, or attended the press conference with Andrew Hawes uh, today. But we're going to just talk about the various things Andrew and Joe covered with Michael Flynn. No players uh, for this one. It wasn't recorded or it wasn't done until about 4pm on New Year's Eve. Hence why we're recording this at an unfair hour. The things we do uh, indeed. So... The first bit that we'll cover is Michael Flynn talking about the Forest Green Rovers game, because what was quite surprising was that we hadn't won in four games. We'd lost every one of them, in fact. And you kind of expect once you beat Forest Green Rovers in the manner that we did with the late penalty, which was a first. you kind of think you, you kind of expect Flynn to come in arms aloft um, say you know enjoying every second of it, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Wayne Hatswell did the post-match uh, interviews after the Forest Green Rovers game, so this was our first sort of insight into what Finn thought about the game. And you know, it's not too much there, end-to-end game, bit a little bit too close for comfort, but a win is a win.
1: I think I'd agree with that. Um, yes, you th- and Dan speculating on the last pod that maybe he was trying to avoid a fine. I feel like as as uh, Troy Deeney uh, got the red card, that if they had a chance to uh, to catch up and shake hands at any point afterwards, they probably would have had a bit of kinship in terms of the refereeing and officiating there. But probably for the best, if he felt that he would uh, put his foot in his mouth too. Uh, take a rest but I, I i'm kind of happy in the way that he was a bit more measured about the win and not getting too carried away with himself that may have, maybe might have felt that he was going to make excuses and paper over cracks and i don't really want to see a january where he does that he was
2: very zen in this press conference in comparison to recent weeks
1: maybe he was uh was planning a you know a nice Nice New Year, seeing in maybe he was thinking about Nanny and having a nice curry or something like that before setting down to Crawley. I don't know, but yes, he did seem uh, much more chilled. You know, maybe this was your know, last last piece of business. Honorable mention to Joe not coming here because obviously he was a bit uh, blindsided by such a late presser. And you know, he's one of those young, cool people. He wants to be out having having fun. So I think we can all understand that. But yeah, he seemed he seemed in. In uh, in good mood, good spirits. Where do you think Joe is this evening? Oh, he's definitely at, uh, at a house party, oh, and I they're think. all going to be playing. Um, yes, and they'll be playing um, Monopoly, fun games. Monopoly, oh. maybe. Yes, <laughs> house party all the way.
2: Oh yeah, I wonder if they're listening to the GWRFM playlist, which covers sort of nineteen ninety two to two thousand and
1: three. Maybe we should just share it uh, to him in the in the chat, and we'll just uh, get it through. And he can thank us later. So the,
2: the next question was the biggie, I suppose, which is on Kemp and Young. And it's it's weird that despite everything, despite all the quotes, that we're still left slightly at the edge of our seats because Michael Flynn in, in this press conference, it's not clear yet. They, they expect to find out probably on the evening of the Crawley game, uh, but he is very realistic
1: about it. Well, Bradford's manager is saying that he's coming back, so I'm not sure where the, <laughs> the ambiguity is there. Bless him, you know, he did try to uh, play to the gallery. When listeners hear tomorrow in the in the build-up to Andrew's audio, they might feel, you know, gladdened or hopeful, but I think considering both of their positions, he's got another year, hasn't he? So he really... That, I've completely written that off from my mind. I've heard the whispers about... Uh, Kemp, whether it's, you know, heard anecdotes from the kids party or the eye emojis from certain accounts or things like that, that maybe does seem a bit more realistic if there's six months left. I would imagine that if a deal was done, then that's probably all we're getting in the first instance, unless something truly miraculous happens over over the next five months or so. But yeah, I would think in the short term, Kemp seems more likely and in my head, I've said goodbye to Jake Young, but I appreciate uh, I appreciate Michael Flynn keeping the faith.
2: Yeah, and I'm I don't think optimistic is the right word, but in my head, I just can't see how we're not going to make signings to replace them because if we can, if we have what we experienced after August with free agents or before the window closed with how many Michael Flynn. Desired in terms of new signings, then it's well, it's going to be catastrophic to our season. So, I have to believe that they are working hard. And in this press conference, he did say that himself and Jamie Russell are leaving no stone unturned. We've heard that before, (laughs) but in a managerial recruitment sense, that's what uh, Sandro said before Scott Lindsay was appointed. But there were phone calls during this press conference where they had to stop and uh well who knows what those calls could be in relation to right now you have to hope it's agents. You would hope
1: so, yes. Uh don't know what, what happened there as he made his excuses for that. But I mean the devil's the devil's advocate play on that and everyone is going to recall the, the Doyle situation. Same club of getting recalled and you know, they tried it. Did it did it really work or was, was Doyle down in tools? That's what people all debate for years to come. I guess that if he doesn't fit back into Bradford and they want to make utility of him if they have got another year, then you know there is a chance that you can increase that asset value by leaving him where he is. That's a very optimistic slant on it, but if people want to hang on to something that is one potential, but he'll go back for at least a few games, and that's something that would happen at the end of the window if it did yeah, even if it was the best case scenario, you wouldn't let them would let
2: Swindon have them straight away you would at least keep them hostage at the parent club until the very last moment we ask them to pay pain we're asking them to keep kemp but we'll see what happens. There was also an update, a question on Williams Kokolo. There was a lot more optimism on this front, and it does sound like happily, well, not happily for him, but he is just poorly sick.
1: Yeah, it seems to be a bit of the old poorly sick going round and I definitely you know, was, was flying the red flags to see that he uh, wasn't in the squad at all the other day. So, okay, if poorly sick is the reason, we can take that in good faith if we see him uh you know either on the bench somewhere in that match day squad tomorrow that will probably settle nerves that way i mean you can't imagine that people are knocking down the door to to sign him um it's been useful he's covering an area where there's a lot of injuries and it would just make sense to continue that to the end of the season really it's all about what he can find elsewhere i know a lot of
2: people have of uh, sort of assuming he's on peanuts given his life and career before he joined swindon and nine games at swindon might prove that teams elsewhere might be able to offer him better turns because we've been the club that have taken the uh taken the the, the plunge in signing him he's proved useful i'm still not like blown away by him but I am all about continuity until the end of the season so I'd rather he stayed because he's bedded in already than than losing him because we've not been able to match wages elsewhere
1: no he's been he's been fine he's been you know more than more than competent in the role I don't blame someone if you know if it's come to renegotiations I wouldn't blame him if he's chancing his arm and if that was a real reason for his absence on Saturday but you'd imagine that it'll be a, a foregone conclusion.
2: And then there was a question on George McEachran, who has been a little bit, well, not his usual self in in the last month or so. Uh, he's had issues with tight calves. That's why he was on the bench for the game against Forest Green. But Michael Flynn was keen to point out that we've got Jake Kane available and a selection of youngsters too. So resting him was a calculated gamble risk, which which paid off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can I can completely relate to the tight calves because I have that today, and a, a lap around whipstay Zoo has not helped. So if George was looking for that for rehab, I don't recommend it. It has helped a little. It's loosened it a bit off, but you know I've got very very overdeveloped calves calves and a springy gait. My own fault. I can't say it. I say calves like it's a bloody cow. That's proper Wiltshire though, that is. Yeah. That's, that makes you a pure one. Um, yeah,
2: well, I was born on a farm. Well, not on a farm, but my first home was a farm. Oh, really? Okay. That's, that's Can you milk a cow? Um, it was a pig farm. It was a pig
1: farm, but it's a very quaint Kettle Lane farm cottage. It's beautiful. People are getting the um, Darling Buds of May vibes of your Very much so. Uh, upbringing. <laughs>
2: don't look for it on right move and and because uh, you'll assume that i'm from a very wealthy background but i assure you it's not the case when mm. we lived there but yeah yeah kettle lane farm. i'm pure agriculture me uh but i can't say calves calves yeah i can say calm yeah but if you're a proper local you say calden like
1: that you like you say you know cows that's right. like yeah, that exactly. yeah, works. very
2: very true <laughs> <laughs> very very true indeed Uh, Poor old Saidu Khan. It sounds like he's got bad news coming from a career and personal level. It sounds like he's not going to the Africa Cup of Nations. Sad, really, because he'd made the last few squads without playing and he pulled out at the other one for for Swindon. He he chose club and not country. And it, it seems like it's bit him on the bum a little bit. A lot of speculation about where khan's future lies that might have something to do with it it might be that they just have other players he kind of a difficult time to be an uncapped player just ahead of a tournament because if there's players with 10 15 20 caps ahead of you you're gonna go with them aren't you
1: well exactly there'll be people with more more experience of that at that level doing that kind of thing the last the last few weeks have not really been the best audition for a call-up or a move away um for Khan. I don't know if it's because he's had his eye on eye on other things i did think listening to the audio of this and uh michael flynn talking about his disappointment for him that that did actually seem quite sincere and quite heartfelt that he was disappointed for him not being able to represent his country he was honest about saying you know selfishly that means that we get to keep him which does make me think i've heard the whispers about him moving away and that did make me think well perhaps not if that's the if that's the vibe we're hearing but you can never you can never know from these things can you i think when you've got
2: the potential Scratch squad game against Colchester coming up. Losing Saidu Khan to international football would not be helpful. It's a long month uh, in terms of the transfer window, but if we lose the players that we expect to lose early on, then you don't want to be losing players because they're fit, but elsewhere. Um, and that Colchester game, if we don't have signings through the door and ready to play, could be a could be a fun old encounter.
1: It could. We're kind of relying on that their their form has not been particularly wonderful. But uh, a week is a long time in football, as the old cliche goes. And maybe, maybe some magic could be could be done. I believe. I
2: believe. And also, we would have to have Charlie Austin in the number nine role with and having to stay there because because there's no Kemp and there's no
1: Young. So it could be the greatest thing that happens for Charlie. Could be, and he better put a decent performance in because you know we've seen uh Brett Pittman got seven today, so you never know he got, he got seven this weekend. I don't know if it was today, but he, he got he scored seven in an eight, was it an eight two win? Brett Pittman could be the next Charlie Austin, he could be if it was the other way around. He, he's loving life, and there'll be a time when uh, you know, Austin will be able to go to uh lower climbs and enjoy. Uh, Quasi retirement and semi-pro skills, maybe closer to home, but in the interim, uh, I still think there's a, there's good utility to have from Austin. I know that he's become a you know almost mark man of criticism or seen as a a luxury, but with a bit more depth and a bit of better utility, he could, he could have a lot to contribute in the second half of the season. I'm sure
2: he could. Also confirmed this. Well, the last couple of days is there's no faffing around with Murphy Mahoney. That's done. He's gone home. Both sides have confirmed that, including QPR's official website. So a sad way for that to end, but we wish him
1: well. It's a relief because I haven't heard the same about Ben Ward, and I'm sure that he's never coming back either. But <laughs> yes, it looks like if we have the recalls go the way that they are going, it's five slots, isn't it? We only had four had Four open. last time, yeah. We had
2: Ward, we had Kemp,
1: we had Young,
2: and we had Mahoney.
1: I will just stake my uh, stake my uh, claim to the master, same as what you were discussing with Dan on the last pod. That I would prefer to focus that on outfield rather than goalkeepers. But if it was if it was goalkeepers, um, Tom King, uh, Flynn's old friend up in Wolves as third or fourth choice, could be a I just for him. And
2: and I see Vigoroo mentioned quite a bit by fans. Firstly, there's a there's a pay situation here, but secondly, if as a as a goalkeeper who's finally reached the promised land of becoming a fourth choice at a Premier League club, you're not going to throw that all away for a couple of games at Swindon, are
1: you? Maybe not. It must be a sweet. It's always seemed like the sweetest deal, doesn't it? Of just getting to getting to do your training, just sitting and watching <sighs> on the on the bench, not worrying about much. You're really worried if the the main sub is going to pull up in in the warm up. Otherwise, you're going to be chilled. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely life, I'm sure. You've
2: played you 150, 250 games in the EFL, and someone puts over a three year deal to be third choice goalkeeper in the Premier League.
1: Oh, what a moment that must be! It must be glorious. But yes, if you've if you've got any uh any Wales call ups and your surname's King. Look at Andy at Bristol as well. I'll, I'll be I'll be marking out if they come here anyway. I'd love it. Okay, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, well, despite Joe Ackland's tardiness, he has provided us a Joe's own.
1: So shall we have a dip? I've been waiting for nothing less. Let's have a listen. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's J R here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, while Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hello, Rich here with an exciting offer for listeners of The Loaf Strangers. Yes, we've teamed up with NordVPN to help your viewing pleasure so you can watch your favourite things without constantly travelling to the chateau. That's right, NordVPN allows you to watch those sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with just one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. Now to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lovestrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll also help support our podcast along the way. You can find the link in the podcast episode description box. Thank you, enjoy, and onwards.
1: Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft, and welcome, and I'm on Loath Strangers. Uh, it's so hard for a Norwegian, "Loved Strangers. Over to you, Joe. Excellent. Um,
2: Michael, could I just ask about where Tariq Uakwe is in terms of injury right now? He's one of them
0: I feel like we haven't really heard too much about for a while. Yeah, Joe, he's probably, he's probably still four to six weeks away. You know, he's gotta build up his his work on the grass. So yeah, Tyreek is, is still out, um, for, for roughly that period. I d I don't like giving exact um, you know, time frames because, you know, a lot of things can happen and you know, I don't want to say, oh, well you told me four weeks ago that he might be back then when he's not you know, there, there can be sometimes problems with rehab and nothing, nothing's happened. You know? Know, with, with Tariq in, in terms of that, but that's the reason why I'm probably a little bit not coy, but I don't like putting time frames on him because anything I um that, that's the reason why I, I can't be so uh exact with it, you know. It is, I'll try and give you as much as I can, but yeah, that's what he's had,
2: yeah. Of course, I imagine he was probably a bit happier after Friday night, but obviously, with your chats with um Clem since he's been back, what does he make of, of the team's
0: performances at the moment? What's he been saying to you? Well, he's, he's seen the Tramia game, which I, I think we should have won. Um, the Braxton game, we should have got something out of it. Um, and the Forest Green game, anything could have happened. Um, so I'm not just going to stay here and say we should have beaten Tramia um, and then say, you know, we deserve to 100% win against Forest Green. We could have easily drawn that game. Um, so I'll try and be consistent and play both sides. Um, but he's, he's seen the the application of the players, the work rate. um the environment I think in which once 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 you live it so far away you, you don't get to, to feel that and understand it of, of of the whole vibe around the place so he's on um, in terms of that he's been he's been happy um and it, it's been good getting to know it you know he, he's he's he, from from what I know so far he, he's a very straight talking um, decent man who cares a lot for the for the football club
2: Absolutely, that's, that's all my questions. Thank you very much and Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, Joe. Um, thank
2: you, thank you, lads. I know it uh, a few ups and downs, but we'll get back. Uh, no, no, so there nice. we go. Um, yeah, poor old Tariq Uwakwe. He kind of gets missed out now. He, he sits with Tom Clayton and Rashawn Hepburn-Murphy in the list of players that I, I wouldn't say Andy and Joe have given up on asking about but still a huge amount of time left on him 4 to 6 weeks and he doesn't like putting a timeline on that so that's a, that's a big shame for him because he had such a he played a lot of football last season with crew so to have it have his first season at swindon just ruined by injuries is a big one but yeah a shame for him
1: it is a shame and it's it's important you mention that he feels a bit like the forgotten man. I think we've heard more about uh, the travails of Reese Devine in presses than about his status. Um definitely felt at the beginning of the season that when we did the uh we did the swap, we did the make good of getting Gobin Malife for Lavinia going the other way, and then we managed to get uh Wakwe and Genesini as free agents, I thought on the balance that we were getting more out of it so it did rest the nerves a bit easier he's not gonna be looking very kindly at how uh how well shade is doing in in his position and yes by the time he's going back if that's if that's mid-february it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult
2: yeah i would say could be a very useful return but i think it'll be bench um, we just don't know who we're going to sign in this window either. So it's a, it's a terrible time to be out. So hopefully his rehabilitation is decent. Last time we heard on Tom Clayton, it sounded like he was any day now, any game now. Um, but that's gone quiet too. And well, Rashad Hepburn, Murphy,
1: who knows? Yeah, that has all gone a little bit strange. Has he still got the the dicky the, knee that can't the, hold up with a scam? Yeah, the the, the the sore knee that, the, that has been
2: bamboozled the experts but hey it happens
1: i uh i work in the nhs i've got access to um portable ultrasound so you know i'm coming to the colchester game flinny give me a ring i'll give him a scan on the bench we'll see what's going on you're
0: a get a,
1: you'll get an email from someone <laughs> now you're gonna get someone sliding you, you mentioned something about a free
2: ultra scan would you oblige
1: um i don't know <laughs> i'm not very good at not very good at reading oh, them talk your, your talk, talk. I do. I can. I can get the thing, but I wouldn't be able to uh, interpret it very well. <laughs> Same as things like heart rhythms or things like that. I could tell you what doesn't look good and what's normal, and that's about it. Hey, it's more than I can do. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> great, great second question from Joe in, re- in relation to what 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 Clem Milfuni's vibe is uh, recently. And this was one of the only questions um, during this press conference where Flynn was a little bit. Um, Aminari over, but he, probably on the basis that he might not have
1: talked to him as much as we assume. No, I was surprised a few weeks ago to hear that he'd never met him in person at all, because I at least thought that maybe behind the scenes. And I know that he was an uh, intended when he first came over, wasn't he? I know that that's been someone that the Claremira had uh, kind of earmarked as a uh, ideal. There was rumours about him taking over before. Garner did, wasn't it? I remember those very, very briefly. So that was surprising to hear. I know that people are going to be asking, you know, where's, where's Clem? He's so media friendly, loves to press the flesh, and we've not had any interview or statement yet. For me, it makes sense that you're going to wait until you get your marquee signing. Guarantee if Kemp is staying and if there's a Kemp deal. Then you're getting your Clem interviews. He'll be on the radio giving it the uh, the big one. He'll be on Vixo for again. There'll be a few less Effing and Jeffing next time. <laughs> yeah, I am not
2: yearning for him to say anything because it get as I said in a previous pod, it, it tends to get him in trouble. So maybe leave it to Flynn and the team to do the business, and he could be a silent partner in the background and there's supposed to be a um fans forum in January not doubting that that won't happen he's hoping it doesn't um have the same fate as last year's equivalent but yeah I, I've got no real desire to hear him um mention 30 years of poor ownership openness and transparency and gifting the club just uh just just lie low and and, and he's going to the right place he's going to the legends Lounge. he
1: went to the junior robbins parties yeah i think so he seems the uh the ripple with the trust seems to uh have abated at least on the on the face of the output so yeah i, I just wouldn't expect until that forum comes around i just wouldn't expect to hear anything yet uh shall we talk about crawley town away <laughs> yes i'd love to i've uh i've had a little listen to our old friend um scott Lindsay. how is he uh, he looks. He's very, very nice. Um, it's like a coral windbreaker, which I think suits an older man. That must be in the Adidas training, uh, wear this season. Thought it was very fitting. I'm gonna have to disappoint people that I thought it would be. It would be spicy, and he's actually quite, uh, quite measured and quite cautious. I mean, their form has been a little bit up and down. They've had some decent home form. They've got some good wins along the way, but the the scattergun Crawley of last season, it's for my money, it seems a bit like a, a good fit. They seem quite happy with what he does. There was lots of praise for this MK Dons game where they lost, but uh, the media man of Scott Lindsay were fawning over the good performances, so I think they're, they're happy where they are. Um, and I think their expectations for the season are modest, rather than gung-ho and fire everyone and within days and be crypto bros that seems to have settled
2: yeah
1: he's had a good time at crawley they're not
2: setting the world alight but at the same time he arrived and they were they looked done and he turned it around and they're not in that sort of picture at the moment so he he deserves a lot of praise for that like you said it's been a very disjointed season uh for Crawley Town, and that, that feels very Scott Lindsay in its own right. Not many draws in in the last couple of months. In fact, their last draw was way back in uh, in October twenty fourth away at Walsall. Their ten league run, the the last team leap their last ten league games have either been losses or wins and the last few it's been very it's very disjointed very disjointed time so more recently they have won away at Crawley 2-1 and two losses at home firstly to Mansfield 3-1 and then to AFC Wimbledon 2 1 and then they beat Ginningham away good result there on Boxing Day 2-0 but then they had that 2-0 loss against MK Dons for which they lost Lawrence Maguire, who is the the famous Maguire's brother, isn't he? Who's joined uh, from Chesterfield. So he will be missing for this game. Um, in terms of Swindon's record at Crawley, it's not too hot. We've lost our last two games there in the last two calendar years. We lost there last December 2-0. And then we lost in March 2022 there 3-1. Uh, the last time we won, was the game before that in 2019, a 4 0 win, courtesy of an Owen Doyle hat trick and a Jerry Yates goal, to uh, to complete that. But of course, last last August we beat them 6 0 at the County Ground, which is most an unconvincing tonking because my memory of that game is that Crawley, in the first half, had two or three proper chances not these sort of oh we could have scored that should have scored it um but yeah our record at broadfield stadium is played 10 1 2 drawn 5 and lost 3 um loads of town links at crawley as you'll know behind the scenes you've got scott Lindsay, jamie day steve Howe, and ricky mcfarlane and on the pitch you've got kellen gordon dion conroy ben gladwin and ronan darcy um Dion Conroy went off late on against MK Dons. Don't know if that was an injury. Ben Gladwin hasn't been playing recently. Uh, Ronan Darcy has been, though. So we might see Ronan Darcy playing. Callum Gordon also got substituted at MK Dons. So I, I think this is a really interesting game because despite how laid back Scott Lindsay was to uh, their media team, I still think he's he'll be desperate to win this game, especially after the 6-0. And this will be a big one for
1: them. I think definitely. Underneath, you know, he understandably would be. We had the stuff last year about saying that, you know, they want Alex Ferguson or nobody. Um, we're You and I are of a, a similar age. We're in the same same school year. We're <laughs> practically the, the the same age on that one, but I'll... It's odd, I still think of Crawley as like non league upstarts, and it's depressing to see that form table we've been playing with the league for about twelve years. I think our first one was the
2: ticanio season was our first uh, uh our first league game of course they they
1: giant killed us didn't they in the uh, in the f a cup yes austin first time around was uh, was that one yeah. I think one of those was one of those on BBC. I think I remember seeing a replay and it was horrible. I think I remember in the
2: pre-game interviews, them doing a little bit of work and Michael Timlin wearing a scarf, doing a little dance <laughs> is, is my memory from that. Uh, is that, is that a fever dream? I don't know. Rich Banyard will hopefully have the clip. I've got to find it, like, it haven't I? I? Otherwise <laughs> I've just, I've given away a lot. Um, but you know, like, when you fold a scarf and you tighten it so it's huge around your neck, he was like indoors, maybe in the tunnel, doing a little sort of dance. Where
1: uh, Maybe this could be weird. I've made it weird, haven't I? Uh, not too much. I was surprised to hear, I was surprised to hear from Michael Flynn's takes of these things that uh, who's making out like him and Scott Lindsay went way back. I'm not sure I remember how that could have been, but there you are. It's got to be the, it's it's not going
2: to be Ginningham player, but I think it's just the, the Kent football scene, I reckon.
1: Kent men. Maybe Scott Lindsay coached at Ginningham when he was playing there. Quite possibly. We'll have a look back there. But yes, he he said he was someone that he, that he likes and someone whose results he keeps an eye out for. But what confused me was he was talking about uh, Dominic Telford and contrasting that to, Non league players, well, when I'm looking at their squad, certainly with the links that we've had, not all of those are non leaguers.
2: They did, their summer business was kind of non league heavy, though, from memory. But they
1: were a few people who've dropped into non league for a spell or half a season, and then the re- EFL experience is relatively recent.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few there that dipped in, like Adam Campbell uh, that they got from Gateshead. Jay Williams, I think, was was pro before Brackley Town. So, yeah, there's a few, there's a few. But, uh, yeah, they, they they seem to have a transfer policy that, that works very well for Scott Lindsay.
1: Well, yes, and it's something that we can hold Flynn to because if he says it's no disrespect, but, you know, they've gone to signing people of that calibre to non league players, I would take that as a sign of intent that we're not going to be... Dipping and low-balling for people like Josh Amara this time round, So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, the, the, the sort of quotes. Actually, like you like you said there, Michael Finn
2: was a little bit more, not thorough, but he said a little bit more than he usually would about the opposition. And it was mostly in relation to Scott Lindsay. He was also asked about the 6-0. Uh, <laughs> and he said, there is nothing apart from the fact that we can score. Uh, it was a strange game with all, with Jake getting all those goals. And it was a strange game because, like I said, Crawley should have. That that game could have been like the Sutton one, you know, where it could have ended 6 4, 5 3, or what have you. Um, But it went our way that day. But it was bizarre (laughs) because everything we did turned to gold in the end. But another reason why they should surely be champing at the proverbial to get one back on us.
1: It's definitely going to be a lot tighter than that one. That was one of those uh, freak, those were those. Boxing Day 68, Freak of Nature things, it's it's not going to go that way. No, surely not, surely not.
2: Um, uh, yes, so w- a few more bits before we go. A bit of housekeeping. Uh, Dan Kemp got the listeners' man of the match for the Forest Green Rovers game and he also got the man of the match, who knew? Uh, but also, not Lewis Ward, not Lewis Ward. Um, just a few two-wayward uh passes and kicks from for my liking but what a lovely moment that was for all of us <laughs> in the ground and not even in chateaus in their uk holiday homes watching that game but we also need predictions so what are we
1: going for joe i'm going tight and i think that there's going to want to be a you know a a send-off or you know a, a footnote a statement of intent whatever you'd you'd consider it of the likes of kemp and young um I think it's gonna be quite tight, so I'm gonna go for a three two Swindon. Ooh, I'm gonna go for a two two draw. Ooh, Well, let's see if we can squeeze an extra. Um one from Young, two from Kemp, that's the uh, the cherry on top. Yeah, and I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go with Kemp Austin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's
2: what I'm going for. I don't usually go with goal scorers, but, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Um, The realization this is what we're doing with our lives on New Year's Eve will set in in about 20, 30
1: minutes' time. So why not live wildly and uh, guess the scores as well, eh? Yes, it's much smaller than the county ground as well. So if there's any uh, Ben Gladwin cozing up to Clem Morphoonie, as rumoured at the Wrexham game, it'll be spotted.
2: Indeed.
1: Well, that
2: is pretty much us done for 2023. A big thank you to everybody who listens and contributes to the podcast a big thank you to yourself jr to joe to connor to terry and dan for for helping out during this very busy christmas and new year period here's to a better 2024 here's to more goals here's to more wins here's to swindon town jr happy new year thank you very much
1: happy new year to you let's have a good one guys
2: Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most spended Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds. Come on
1: Swindon. It's Swindon Town.